Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. Billions of dollars are at stake in New York's case against ExxonMobil over its climate change disclosures. Joining me is Brendan Barnes, Bloomberg Intelligence Senior Litigation Analyst. Brendan, it's hard to keep track of all the climate change cases out there. How is New York's case against Exxon different? June, that's a great question. And I think that's part of the reason why this case deserves being pulled out and discussed differently. So a lot of the other cases we've talked about in the past are related to various states of damage or allegations of erosion to coastal areas where you're talking about actual property impacts. Whereas here, New York's really pinning their climate change arguments onto shareholder fraud as the main thrust of the case against Exxon here. So what's the core of the claim? Well, it really revolves around sort of a unique idea that Exxon used a proxy cost in its calculations and its reporting to the public for what the cost of GHG or greenhouse gas emission regulations would be in the future. So down the line, when they're assessing these different individual projects, how much was the cost of GHG regulations going to actually impact whether those projects will be worthwhile. Has this approach been tried before? It has. Actually, back in 2017, Peabody Energy, which, if you recall, was a pretty big coal producer, was sued sort of under the same idea or investigated, then sued, but reached a very quick settlement with New York. And the result wasn't actually any financial damages, but it was they had to change their climate disclosures, and there were some tweaks to how they did that. Um, and that's that's sort of the same set of allegations that are being used here. So Exxon has been battling this case in New York and Massachusetts, the allegations here. I would say furiously would be a, a word to use. Is it likely to settle? I would I would add vigorous. Furious <laughs> All right. Is, uh, maybe a tough word to use. But, you know, from our perspective, we've watched Exxon for a number of years in, in how they approach litigation generally and how they approach litigation from government entities. And our expectation is that, you know, you're basically talking about two different sets of principles here that are going up up against each other. And it's a little bit less about the money involved because we don't expect those dollar amounts to get too high. So we don't think that settlement is really the option. And we expect Exxon, you know, their their profile here, they're probably going to litigate this through trial. And we expect that'll probably extend into any appeals that would be potentially necessary. So you think they will appeal if they lose a trial? If they lose and, and if they win, I'm sure there'll be an appeal on the other side. That's definitely been the case in the past. So these climate change cases can be an uphill battle in different ways. Who's favored to win this? So for this one, we we still expect Exxon has the upper hand. And a lot of that is the result of, I think, New York State government painting these allegations with a pretty broad brush when Exxon seems to have pretty specific rebuttals. So, for example, you know, the allegation is, hey, you guys used a proxy cost that we think was probably too low based on your representations for all of these projects, and that includes, you know, this oil sands project in Canada. And Exxon says, no, wait a second, look, if you look at it on an individual basis, we actually used a proxy cost that's the statutory proxy cost, and we didn't use anything above that or below that. And so I I have a feeling once we get past this nascent stage, we're going to see a lot more of that specific rebuttal. And also there's sort of a more salacious point being raised in defense, which is that 
at some point, New York AG Attorney General had met with those who are in favor of climate change regulation and had reached some alleged agreement in a backroom deal to try and get at Exxon and other companies like that to try and force climate change from a policy perspective through the courts. I was going to use the word sexy that, you know, this suit doesn't seem as sexy, you might say, as some of the other climate change lawsuits because it's narrowed in the way that it is. Well, that's right. And I think, you know, New York's not new at this game, right? They have a very powerful statute they're using, the Martin Act, to kind of lever this. And they've used that in a number of different cases in different ways. It's a very broad-based approach to um, trying to enforce shareholder rights and make sure that financial disclosures are appropriate when necessary. Prosecutors love the Martin Act. Now, what about Massachusetts? Because the AG in Massachusetts was also pursuing this against Exxon. Same fight, different state, right? And so part of this is is the allegation that uh, in Exxon's defense that, you know, there was some sort of collusion between Healy of Massachusetts and Schneiderman in, in New York. And they're just in a different stage because Exxon's still beating up on or trying to the subpoena that uh, Massachusetts had filed. And so there, this has been progressing across a number of years that started with the investigations where subpoenas had been issued for you know, 40 plus years of documents internal to Exxon related to their climate change research and things like these disclosures related to proxies. Was Exxon ever able to prove that it was politics involved? I remember when it was in the New York court, there were a lot of allegations that this was all pure politics. So most of that was sort of resolved only on a procedural basis at the time. And that's actually part of Exxon's affirmative defenses here is that some of their rights are being impinged upon and there's prosecutorial bias involved. And so, you know, even though we're at a very early stage right now, what's interesting is is there are motions flying back and forth on the discovery side to try and stop Exxon from pushing these affirmative defenses and their rights to information backing those defenses through discovery, like depositions of some of the attorneys or documents related to, you know, decision making that was involved there, which is typically very hard to get. So this, even though we wouldn't think of this as normally as a very important stage for the purpose of forecasting what's going to happen at the end, this could be material to whether Exxon can can turn the rhetoric of this case from, hey, Exxon's proxy costs were X, to, well, maybe there's an element of, as you said, politics involved in this. And that, that I think, would change the tenor and potentially, you know, maybe change the levers for settlement. It sounds like a difficult case to make, though. So, if the case is decided against Exxon, what is the potential liability? So, you know, there are a lot of numbers thrown around in the initial complaint by the state of New York. Uh, you know, they're looking for things like disgorgement of profits or some damages related to inflation of the share price because they were picking these projects that actually are at higher risk because of various climate change regulations going into effect and increasing costs. So you could, if you wanted to, you could you could put a, a billion dollar plus number on this based on the allegations in the complaint. I mean, they're saying, you know, New York has said that at some point in 2040, for example, GHG related costs could be over $7 billion. Um, but a lot of that's very speculative. Thanks. That's Brandon Barnes, Bloomberg Intelligence Senior Litigation Analyst. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.